Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Back Pew. Thank you for listening to us today, wherever, however you may be listening. I am Caesar, and I am here with Justin and Nick. We have a great show in store for you today. We're going to continue our Bible discussions. The topic is, how should you read the Bible? What are the things that we are looking for? And other tips. So with that, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Back Pew. Here we go. All right, so I mean, uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on lately, right? I've been traveling a lot, Nick's been everywhere. I know C's been real busy too, but uh, actually, my wife actually brought up this question to me uh, when we were driving around. She was like, "Hey, you know, I'm just curious, you know, how how do you feel like someone new should try to read the Bible? Because maybe I have a friend, right, that doesn't quite know where to start." Right. I mean, you know, Caesar and I, we've had, we've kind of touched on a little bit, the last episode, whatever. And I thought, well, why not? Why not have that conversation? Because I know that, at least for me, I, I spend a lot of time uh, of my day where I specifically am reading the Bible. Right. So I mm. try, I know I break apart uh, like either a morning or in the evening on my, on my way home, or at least some, sometime somewhere I carve out a, uh, a time where I'm actually reading the Bible. But, but the question is like, okay, for most people, they're probably not reading it cover to cover, right? Most people are kind of reading uh, segments or points because they have a, a Bible study or an app they're using that's like, hey, read this devotional or look at this or that, and which is good. I'm not saying any of that's bad, but but I think the real question is, is you know, where should, where should someone start who's never read before? And I found that uh, an interesting question because when um, when I looked at it, I just thought, why not start at the beginning, right? Let's let's start start where it started, uh, so to speak. But you know, as you go through it, you start getting into like Leviticus or Numbers, right? And it starts getting really drawn out uh, laws that were, you know, for the priests or for for the the Levites or for whatever, and you start kind of getting lost. And so that I think a lot of people probably get lost or they, they don't quite understand what's being s- stated in those stories. So if, if you asked me kind of how I would approach reading it, if I was trying to tell somebody who's never read it before, I would say to read Genesis and Exodus. And then I would, I would skip and I would read like First, uh, Second Samuel, and First Kings, mm. and then I would jump in, and I would probably hit, you know, a couple of the prophets, like Isaiah. I'd probably hit like Nehemiah, right? Nehemiah, Isaiah. Is there a, per- a particular reason why you would do something like that rather than just reading well, straight through the first five books? Just just so that you keep your attention going, right? Hmm. Because you can get bored. I, I find myself getting bored sometimes where you're not really listening or you're not really paying attention to what you're reading. And I don't know, there's a, like, uh, I'm a human, so I, I like entertainment hmm. uh, and a law. So reading law books doesn't seem entertaining to me. Um, but there is lots of little tidbits and, and things inside, you know, numbers uh, and uh, Leviticus that are important uh, for the, the, the greater story 
of you know, you know why Jesus came, right? There's there's little tidbits and 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 things that matter, right? But if you're just looking for a global overview and an understanding of what's going on, and that way, because I I feel like starting in the Old Testament really sets you up for the ability to uh, kind of see what what these eyewitness accounts are telling you, mm. right? Um, and you can tell that it's a different, you know, it's an eyewitness account versus somebody who's trying to like explain to the church something, right? Sure. Right? Like we, most, most of Paul's writings is just explaining to the church what to do. Why this is the way you should act. But hmm. he's also, ref, he's also kind of pulling from old and, and realizing what, what, uh, God has done to change that and why it matters. Right. And I think, I think the why it matters sometimes gets lost when you uh, get a new Christian or get a new believer because uh, maybe they just don't quite grasp the idea of you're, we're all sinners, right? We're there. Nobody's good. And so it had to happen this way. And I think, I think sometimes it doesn't, doesn't quite translate that well. I, don't, I mean, that's that's kind of my my thought on it. But yeah, after I would do the Old Testament, then I would just read straight through the New because the eyewitness accounts are uh, supportive of each other and make sense when you kind of read read them in in a, in a matter like that. So eyewitness accounts, <laughs> uh, you mean so, like books like John and Matthew and Luke? Are those the eyewitness account books that you're talking about? Matthew, Mark. Uh, uh, John, that's what I would consider more eyewitness. I would consider Luke someone who's uh, going back and checking on the story to prove its validity, validity to somebody else. So if we start off with but Genesis, I'm probably wrong. So if we start off with Genesis, right. then we're we're talking about how creation became, correct? Is yeah, you're happens? talking about how. Yeah, yeah but it's not a science book. Yeah, yeah, I know. No. But creation begins. <laughs> well, so I guess, yeah, that's interesting. But do you think we should follow up with, um, with the gospel basically afterwards with the so, with John or so? Right. So can we can we no. just put a pin in that for a second? We need. To, I think we need to talk about genres, genre of yeah. of writing because I I think this is very vital in in understanding what you're reading and why you're. I mean, we could talk about history and culture also play in play a part in understanding what you're reading, but genre really plays a big role in, in what you're reading. So like the first five books of the Bible and, and Justin, you know this, I don't know if you know this Caesar, but they're narratives, right? They're stories. They're telling, they're recording their history, but they're also telling a story of what God has done through his people. It's the same thing you see like with Jesus and you see with um, the book of Acts, their narratives. And then you've got books of wisdom, um, which are what Proverbs, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, um, what are some other, I can't think of off the top of my head. I, I think those are all of them, but I may be totally off. I can't remember right now. Anyways. Uh, and then you've got pro minor prophets, major prophets that are kind of sprinkled into those first, second Samuel are that I know of narrative. And I'm not too sure about Kings. Um, I think Kings, would you say Kings is yeah, a narrative? Yeah. Kings is more of a narrative. First, second Kings, first, second Chronicles is more of a narrative of what took place. Uh, and then you also get some, you know, historic information that, that again, I, you know, when you, when you, I know you, you pinned it, but I mean, when you look at gen the Genesis account, there is multiple writings within the Genesis account. I mean, there's poems, there's stuff that's, that's not right. And so you don't have to be a literary expert to understand what you're reading. I mean, you can read it at face value and it still brings 
enough information that you understand what's going on. Right. Um, am I going to look at Genesis as a scientific book? I think that a lot of the information in Genesis is scientifically provable. I'm not saying it's written uh, for somebody to uh, base all their scientific theories off of it. No, sure. but I do know that, like for example, uh, the burst, uh, the the deep burst open right for Noah's flood. That's right. provable. You can you can look at the the depths of the ocean and see, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Right. Right. So there's a lot of things that, that are logical that take place that are mentioned, uh, that to me, uh, can be historical and also scientifically proven at some point, right? Like there, there was a creation. Well, pretty much everybody agrees, uh, that we, that something created, right? I think yeah. most people believe that nothing created, but we all agree that it was, it happened and that everything is moving away from that point in time, which is described in Genesis and, and also like Job where he's stretching the heavens. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what's going on. It's, it's moving away from that point whenever it was created. So uh, I know it kind of went back against what you had suggested, but um, <clears throat> when you, I'm not saying just go from Genesis and straight to the, the new Testament. Sure. I, w- I would stick in the, the old Testament and kind of get a, a more of a historic overview of what happened to these peoples. Right. right? So right. that's why I'm saying first, second Samuel, uh, first Kings, maybe, maybe, First and Second Kings, and then Chronicles is is a kind of a repeat of Kings, but there's a little more detail to it. So if you're, sure. you're still interested in the story, you want to hear more, okay, go for it. Right? You get the history of David, and you get the history of of uh, all the different kings that took place after that, and you see the spiral of all those people. Yeah. Right. You can even look at Judges as a spiral too. You see them moving away from God after God provided for them, mm. um, which you could see even today in the Christian society where. God clearly provided for the Christians or the believers of Christ. And you can see how we're slowly spiraling away and turning it into more of a me. It's more of what I think. It, it's more of a self God, right? You're putting yourself in place of God. Certainly. Um, but yeah. Genre is super important. You got to understand mm-hmm. what kind of, what kind of genre you re- you're reading. Because if you don't understand what kind of genre you're reading, it's kind of difficult to understand what, how you apply it. Right. So like when you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are, they're telling the stories. Um, you know, a, a good example of this is where like Matthew has a more evangelistic emphasis as where Mark has more of an internal emphasis, right? Like, look at yourself, look in the mirror. Right. And then Matthew's like, Hey, you need, here's how you, here's how you spread. This is, this is all stuff that you, when you begin to understand who's being written to, why it's being written, um, what the purpose is, what, you know, what the writer's getting after, um, then you start to understand how to apply those things. And so then when you move into, you know, like the, um, like the writings of Paul, right. First Corinthians through, you know, basically the end of the book. Um, there's, there's a couple other, uh, writers in there, but Paul writes a lot of these letters to these churches that he actually started. Um, and these are specific instructions for those church, uh, for those churches. And now where, we get confused sometimes as we start trying to, we start overthinking like, Oh, this is speaking to us. It is speaking to us in a manner. Right. Um, and there is wisdom in there that we need to draw of, of how we live and guide our lives uh, and how we, how we're supposed to do things. But it all, but we also got to remember that we're, we're, we can't always understand what life was like for them other than what we read of Paul and maybe some other historical writers. We don't always know what life was like. So, 
Um, you know, and then I hear people go, oh, well, the Bible's boring. Well, it's only boring because you don't know what you're reading. Your perspective on it then basically kind of deal, right? So if you're, like you kind of said, if you're just reading it just to read, but you're not really engaging with it, you're not really trying to think about what it, what the message is behind it, then yeah, it could kind of get boring, right? But if you're sure. trying to relate to it and trying to apply it to your own life, then you're seeing it with different eyes, different angle with it. Uh, that's what I'm guessing is how people would think it's boring because again, they're not... Sure. They're not they're they're not looking for a certain change. They're just reading just to read. Yeah. But when you're reading to learn and you're reading for right. for findings, then it becomes interesting, especially if you try to you know play it out and, and and how can I apply this in my life? Right. How can I? This makes sense. Oh, that sounds similar to this. Then your perspective changes. <laughs> well, this is where you move from structure to con. You know, you mm-hmm. move from book structure to context. Right. Right. And, and you start to like, you know, I I mean, we're, you know, the Christians are infamous for this kind of behavior where we begin to cherry pick verses from scripture and say, well, this means this, and this means this, and that means that without grabbing the context of the actual story. Right. So, you know, there's some famous examples of these types of things in scripture where people say, okay, well, here's, you know, what it says about, um, baptism and they grab this verse and they say, this is why, this is why baptism is, you know, necessary for salvation, which I I would, I would agree, but I don't think that the whole explanation of why you have to, you have to understand why the whole, the whole forward and backward and the bigger picture to understand why that verse is even there and why it's even right. saying what it's saying, you know, right. because if you don't, you can, you all day long, you can cherry pick whatever you want and make the Bible say whatever you want. If you don't grab the context. Mm-hmm. So how does one right. who doesn't know the Bible as well get that context? Well, like, it's not that they don't know the Bible. It's just that they come to the Bible with preconceived ideas. So the, right. then, Or mm-hmm. preconceived you know, theology. What I was, well, I mean, what I was kind of leading at is like if, if you, that's why I was starting with the Old Testament, because without having that, that more of the history of what took place, Right? Why right. are they doing these things? You kind of miss out on on what the New Testament is trying to say. I'm not saying that you can't have, you can't just read the New Testament and be a believer. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if you want to understand uh, more theology, the influence um, of the writers in the New Testament. Yeah, right. You can clearly see it through the eyes of the old. I mean, you have to realize that the the Old Testament is what like 75 percent of the Bible. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a lot. It's there 39 for, books. It's there right? for uh, in, in, in samples, right? It's it's there for you to look at and, and look internally and go, okay, I see what these people did. I understand what these people were doing because you can kind of, the story is telling you what they're doing. You're like, right. you know what? I've done stuff like that. Yeah. Or I've, I know people that are doing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so you're you pretty know? much saying that it sets the, the it sets the tone, right? It sets the standard of mm-hmm. what, for you to kind of uh, grasp the concept of what, why, why things are happening and, and relate to your life, right? Because yeah. uh, kind right. of what I'm saying, right. like in Genesis, it emphasizes on blessings, curse. Um, it covers the creation of the universe, the fall of humanity, and the beginning of God's promises of salvation is basically and an sum up in Genesis a bit, right? And then when you look at the next one, Exodus, it talks about the liberation of Israel from slavery in Egypt and includes the Ten Commandments, the construction of the Turbinacle. Tabernacle. Tabernacle. And then the journey. So all of that plays a role in, in setting setting up the bigger picture, right? right? It's pretty much get setting it up for when the prof the pro the prof the um, 
the Messiah arrives, right? right? Is your prophet has and, a- and if you look at those two books, like mm-hmm. like you didn't like like we we are so far removed from that those events, um, and even those people when it was being written, you know, the only midst of the events the people in Israel were in were from Exodus on. You know, there's a four, there's about a 400, what, 430 year gap between the end of Genesis and, and the time of when, when Moses is put in the basket as a baby, about, about 400 years. And, and they're, they've been in slavery. Um, they've got archeological evidence that the average lifespan in that period of time was about 34 years old. So think about how many people, you know, from Israel, they guess that Israel was, was there for about 400 years mm-hmm. and they were growing in population and size and they, all they had was oral history. So all they knew of their past and their ancestors was what was orally passed down to them. Word of mouth. There was no writing. Yeah. Yeah. I, not that I know of. I mean, I'm sure there was some writings about, you know, different things. I, um, I've heard, I heard a, a friend of mine talk about um, how, you know, Moses being highly educated, you know, would have had access to, um, you know, records right, and, right. you know, and, and different things within the Egyptian system, which is probably, you know, there's a good chance that's where he's drawing a lot of his sources or, you know, or you're just, you're, this is just what Moses got from God. You know, it, it's one of those two things, either way it comes from God. Um, you know, so there's no, there's no yeah, argument there for <laughs> God spoke to Moses, right? Right. This all happened through God, right? So when he's writing Genesis, he's writing Genesis to a group of people who don't really know who they are, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't know what their purpose is as, as, as God's people. And so in order to preserve what it was that God, you know, the, in order to preserve their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's not mentality, but in order to preserve their history, um, they had to have this, this history written down. Um, and the significance of it is, you know, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, do you know your great, 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 great grandfather? Oh, no. I just, the most I know is, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even have a grandfather, to be honest with <laughs> do you. Do you know your great, great grandfather, Justin? Great, great, great grandfather? Uh, know him? No, I know some of the things that he might have done. Uh, yeah. So I all you know of him is oral history, right? Right. It's the same. It's the same with me, right? So, you, you know, as, and if you keep continuously here, Hey, you're the, you know, you're the people of God, you're the Israelites, you're the Hebrew people. This, this whole thing happened because of Abraham and, you know, he had a son named Isaac and Isaac had, you know, two sons named Jacob and Esau and Jacob had 12 sons. And one of his sons came to Egypt and he was a, a high, in the high command court, you know, so, so you have all this history that's being orally passed down. I just wonder how orally and it's a lot to remember, basically orally passed down too, though, yeah. right? I mean, when when did writing become available? I have because, no idea. Because I mean, <laughs> well, you have to realize also it's like you know if you're if you have all you have is time, right? It's not like you're watching TV. It's mm-hmm. not like you're out playing soccer, right? You're a slave. You're supposed to make bricks. So there's plenty of time to talk to one another about what happened in the past. Not saying, not trying to downplay the fact that. Yeah, it's probably a lot of the stuff might have been lost in between. Yeah, and they must but have good memory. The reality of it is, is that right? But I mean, if if all you do is tell the same story, I'm sure at some point you have to. They probably sit there and try and memorize it together, sure. right? Sure. Let's let's talk about let's memorize it because, I mean, if you look at uh, you know when when people uh were nomadic, you have to learn. You have to know how to do how to make your own mm-hmm. hunting tools really quick. 
You have to learn how to make fire really fast. So all that's all stuff that they would have had to learn when they were young or had to have been orally taught, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're only going to live 30 years. It's yeah. like you got to train, you got to train up the young ones quick, right? Right. So, but anyways, with that being said, yeah, I mean, a lot of my opinions uh, and stuff, it, they all come out of what's being told in these stories. Uh, so like if I have opinion about baptism or I have an opinion about, uh, you know, holiness or I have an mm-hmm. opinion about, you know, going to church a certain way, yeah, it's, it's my opinion that I formed, but I'm not going to try and force it on somebody else. Sure. Um, and so I think that's that's what's important is, okay, when you get information from somebody else, let's say a preacher or even it could be uh, when you're receiving or going through a uh, a Bible study, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of those little booklets and it's kind of walking you through a book. It's always good to, to be able to look at what they're trying to say and understand it enough to where you go, I don't know if I believe that or not. And then do some more research on it. Cause that only strengthens your faith. It only strengthens what you're believing in. Cause you're going in and checking what you're being told. You, mm-hmm. you can't, can't just take stuff at face value and i think a lot of a lot of the society nowadays that's what it is it's, i'm just going to take it at face value this is what it is because five other people said it was true so therefore it's correct right mm. so you just have to watch out for that and that, that's one of the things that's hard for me about like doing online bible studies or doing online courses on stuff it's like i'm more concerned about what are what agenda is somebody trying to push on to me oh yeah, right? yeah. so yeah. i mean that's one of the main reasons why i i read the book as much as I do or study it as much as I can because I don't want to be in a position where where I don't have enough information to understand the other point of view and also be able to refute that point of view or have an understanding of it so that I can either A, go back and research again or B, refute and say, I don't, I'm not too sure about that. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. It's like, um, you know, I'm going to give my older brother a shout out here cause I know he's, um, he listens to the podcast. Um, but he just randomly reached out to me out of the blue and said, you know, Hey, I want to know more about the Bible. I want to start reading. So I, I bought him a Bible. Um, the guy knows nothing. Uh, about it. He has very, you know, rudimentary questions, which are, are good. I mean, just good, solid, wholesome questions like, um, and he's been really moved. And so I, you know, I'm just telling him when you're reading, you've got to, you know, consider context. I, I want you, I asked him to read the gospel of Luke, right? You need to know who Jesus is. Just read the gospel of Luke, try to understand from a historical, from a skeptic's perspective, why, it, why, you know, who is Jesus and why is Jesus? And and so I don't, you know, he's going to ask me probably in the future about, you know, doctrinal theological questions, which are good. But after he reads, it's going to really be his information that he's absorbed. And, and so, um, you know, it, so, reading, reading is important. Context is important. History is important. Col- understanding the culture of, of what you're reading is important. Um, understanding, um, you know, the, the, the mindset of the writer and the angle of the writer and why he, why is he trying to, what, what point is he really trying to get at? Like it, it's pretty clear in, in like the gospel of John, right? He tells us chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, right? I've written these things so that you may believe that Jesus is the son of God is essentially what he says in 20 and 20, 31. Now there's, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of other, you know, obvious, in, in a lot of books, there are, there are, you know, purpose statements like that. I don't know what each one is, but I know that one's for John, 
right? And he gives you the reason why, you know, why I'm telling you about these eyewitnesses, these people who interacted with Jesus, these people who saw Jesus do miracles, these people who saw, you know, all these different things. And you, you can take what from, take from it what you want. But when you read the whole story, when you look at the big picture, it really changes your perspective on what the goal is of, you know, number one, the God who's inspiring this writing and, and two, the writer's angle. Um, so very, very important stuff Yeah, that you have to consider. So, one other thing, Caesar, I, I know, uh, I think last time we were talking about, Hey, let's figure out where to start. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and the last time we kind of spoke, we kind of talked about you know, personalities, right? What kind of, kind of personality do you have i think it's not just for you though i mean everybody oh, kind yeah, of has yeah, to yeah. look at that okay what, what kind of personality do i have am i more of a, a logical thinker where uh you know i want to see the proof or the evidence you know am i more of a skeptic then if it was me i would start luke right mm-hmm. because yeah. he goes into so much detail because he was trying to prove to the people who he was writing to that this took place right so he's very like this is when this happened and it was this deep and there was these things and whatever. Right. And it's very analytical where it's very difficult for somebody who was lying to make those things up. Mm. Right. It's not possible because whoever was reading it would have just instantly refuted it. Right. Right. Uh, Or, or if you're more of a spiritual person, it's, it's more of a John because John's very, uh, very spiritual with his writing. It's very, uh, it's it's much like that, and then so and it goes it gets into like Matthew, right, where he's more uh, like more of a Jewish writer, right. So it's anyway, I'm Nick can kind of pick it up from there, I'm sure, but at least those are the ones that I'm I'm mainly uh, know a lot of the where I can say yeah, like if you're this kind of person, this is what we should start. Right. Just, just say that okay, that, this is what took place. Okay, then then okay, why did it take place? Right. Yeah, and that's a that's a really good perspective too. Um, you know, to consider, okay, why, you know, why, why this, what angle is going to affect me the most? Like I, you know, I um I got a friend down in Bakersfield, and he said, you know, the way he started in following Jesus was he just read the Gospels. That's what he read. Um and you know, that's really, that's really powerful. You know, for me, it was a, it was a different set of things. It was forcing me to get, you know, it was things that I knew I, you know, uh, disagreed with, um, even though they weren't, you know, maybe theological things. Like I just disagreed with that principle or disagree with that idea. So that's what kind of forced me into the book. And then after a while going to school and, and learning how to study and look at, look at those kinds of things, you know, I got, I got way better at, um, way better at, uh, exegeting, exegeting the text, learning the genres, learning the history, learning the culture, seeing the the culture and the history within within these individual books. You know that they bring out a certain type of you know um, mantra. I think maybe is the word. Uh, they bring out a certain attitude, a certain like uh, you know personality, mm-hmm. um, like. And I, and I like to talk about these things. I mean, the, each gospel is in, so individually different um, that that sometimes it's... it's re- I, I wouldn't even compare them. Um, I wouldn't even put them on the same scale and go, okay, well, we're now we're going to try to compare gospels and see which one follows it. I mean, that is not my recommendation at all. Don't try to read a gospel and then compare it 
you know, to another right. gospel and see what that gospel says. Um, because that, I think that defeats the purpose. I think it defeats the purpose entirely um, of reading something like John and then trying to go over to Matthew and say, Hey, okay, well, how do Matthew and John line up or how do Luke and, you know, Mark line up and how do Luke and Matthew line up? And, you know, that, that that's, they're all so different, you know, right. um, and they're telling the same well, story different points of view. from, from different points of view. Yeah. Yeah. And then the epistles is where it, it really yeah. gets, you know, you, you really have to, you really have to focus in on the, you know, uh, a good book, uh, where, so, what's that? So I, I was just going to ask you kind of leading into what do you think about how, how, what type, type of reading plan would you do for that? You know? Man, if I'm being honest, I've never had like, like a specific plan. <laughs> I, I've never had a specific plan ever. Um, you know, I'll just randomly, you know, hey, I haven't read this book in a while. I'm gonna I'm gonna study this book. And I you know, I have tools that I use. I have like um I have a digital scripture scripture Bible and a and an iPad with a with a pencil. And so when I read through a book, um I will work through um a book with and I'll mark things up. I'll highlight different words. I'll highlight words I see consistently. I'll, you know, try to find themes within the book itself. Um, and I just move through a book like that. I know there are other, you know, they have chronological reading plans and they have read through the Bible in a year plans and they have, you know, they have all these different, you know, you know, be consistent, stick to it, keep reading um, because it's important, you know, um, but I've, I've never, I've never operated yeah, well, that way. <laughs> what about that's you? That's definitely... Well, it's definitely one of those one of those topics that that are difficult. Me, I, I don't have a plan. My plan is just to read it over and over again. To be honest, with you. I mean that's not literally what I do. Yeah. But I, but there's sometimes where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm gonna go back and read that again because it's tying to a verse that I read, and I'm like, that was over here. Right. So then I go back and I read that again, and then go back forward again and continue on, right? Because sure. I really enjoy the aspect of. Uh, the different crossovers between the old and the new. There's so many and it's so easy to get lost in going back and forth to figure out where they were saying that, where's that coming from right. and reading the inform reading, going back and reading the whole chapter that, that came from to have an understanding of why he pulled it out of that to, to bring it forward. Right. Um, but I think, I think one of the things that's, is difficult is obviously overcoming, you know, reading habits and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. You got to make yourself um, a challenge. Right. And yeah, it's, it's challenging to overcome, you know, that I'm just bored. I don't want to read it. Hmm. Right. Right. But yeah. so, I don't know about you, but mm -hmm. it's, go ahead. I, you know, to me, it's, it's just something that's everybody's going to be struggle with. Right. Everybody's going to struggle with, I don't want to do it today. Right. It's like going to the gym. I don't know if I want to do it today. Right. Right. And it could be a, quite a challenge, too, though, especially, um, you know, with kind of like you were saying, different um, verses. What 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 um, what version of the Bible should you read? That's another thing. I mean, mm -hmm. do, do they all say different things? Do they all have different verses? Do they word them differently? I basically, you know, how I've learned that there's the King James version, the Christian version, the new, uh, the new uh, living translation. So, which one would technically be the correct version? Is one better than the other? Which one do you read? Well, so I saw the Bible that you gave me, and it says that it's the Christian. Um, I don't remember the name of it actually, but Christian Standard Bible. Yes, that one. CSB. Yes. 
Do you like it? I like it. I like it. Um, I do. And then that's actually the only Bible I've really can give an opinion on because mm-hmm. I haven't really looked at any other type of different one. But I remember that when you handed it to me, you're saying this is good for you to begin with, mm-hmm. but it's not the best one that you should actually, you know, follow all the way through. It's like, so what should be the best? Is there a better one? It, well, it kind of depends, right? So what are you trying to do with it? Are you trying to understand holistically, right? Are you trying to, or are you trying to dig into details? You know what I mean? I mean, I know it's hard <laughs> for Nick to stay quiet, but it, the reality of it is, look, there are multiple uh, versions. Uh, and in these versions, especially like if you get into the message, right, where it's just basically somebody spewing back out what they think the Bible is saying, I would stay away from that. Right, yeah, because it doesn't match up with uh, anything. Don't really. read the Message uh, Bible; that's the awful version. <laughs> Is so that what it's called? There's versions. Yeah, it's called the Message. Um, there's NIV, which I've read lots of times. NIV. I've read ESV, which I actually like the ESV better than uh, KJV or NKJV. But when you want to know details and understand the details a little more, then, yeah, you're going to be more on the KJV or NKJV side of things or the ESV side of things. But as you get further away from that, like the NIV, then you're going to get into stuff that's not not as contextually correct, but more topically correct. Right. So that that's how it, it kind of plays out. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, because it it might be like one word that's slightly different. The only reason I don't like the King James version is because you're reading ancient language. Like you're, you're already trying to read ancient language and then that just adds ancient language on top of it. And you're trying to pronounce, we don't speak like the thou thy, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that's the only reason I, I don't personally like that version. If you're used to it, have at it. Um, my, my favorite version, uh, for, for, I have, so I have a favorite version for reading. I have a favorite version for studying, um, a version I like to study is the new American standard Bible. Um, because it's in my opinion, um, and on a lot of other people's opinion, it's the most, um, it's the most, it's the best word for word translation. So the syntax is of the sentence is the closest to the Greek of any translation. My favorite reading, um, my favorite reading trans uh, reading translation is probably either I go with the e- NIV or the ESV. So based on what you said, Nick, I did research it a little bit before mm-hmm. all of that, and I one of the questions that I did say is what are the top three best versions of the Bible? Mm-hmm. And basically, on the research, it stated the new the NIV, the New International Version. Mm-hmm. It says that this is a popular translation that is easy to read and understand. Mm-hmm. It's a good choice for beginners or yep. those who want a modern translation. The second best one is also the one that you just mentioned, the ESV, the mm-hmm. English Standard Version. This is a literal translation that is more formal and accurate. It is a good choice for those who want more in-depth study of the Bible. Yep. And then lastly, the third one, it says, the first one you just said, the NAS, the New American Standard. Yeah, NASB. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another yeah. literal translation that is known for its accuracy. It is a good choice for those who want a more precise translation. So those are the top yeah. three that pretty much yeah. came out. Correct. The, the NIV is really the easiest to read. Like if you're not familiar with biblical language, you've never read the Bible your, in your entire life, you didn't grow up in church, NIV is probably the easiest. I, I also think that the CSB is really easy to read. Um, you know, it, it flows well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, you know, for me, someone who gets distracted and bored and frustrated with language that I can't pronounce, um, mm-hmm. I just typically avoid, yeah, I typically avoid, you know, the um, older version. Was, yeah. The like older the version was, that's just me. You know, I, I know Justin has his, his, uh, his, you know, he's kind of in love with the KJV and that's okay. But well, I, I don't, I, I'm just kidding. I, I like the KJV <laughs> for specific, well, for specific word instances and stuff like that. If I want to really know what's going on, what they were trying to say, because if you look at the, the KJV, a time it was written, it was at pretty much at the pinnacle of English, right? right because right. we don't use the, a lot of those words we've stopped using. So the language is, in my opinion, gone downhill. Uh, it, it's not uh, like it once was. So you can take the KJV and go back in time and look at the old dictionaries and figure out exactly what they're trying to say, Sure. Uh, which is nice. But you can also get the same sort of thing out of the ESV or the NASB, right? right. So right. you don't necessarily have to read KJV, but the, the only reason why I chose, I chose that version uh, for studying is specifically that. I'm already going to be doing research. Right. I'm already going to be looking up what the word means. I'm going to kind of try and look into the Greek. What was the Greek translation? And I look at the English translation and see, okay, what were they meaning at that time? And then what did that, how does that play out in the total scope of what they're trying to tell me? Sure. So if I'm doing it that way, that's kind of how I do it. It's a, it's a long process, but it's not necessary for somebody who's trying to read. And I think if you're just trying to read, yeah, NIV, but in, in my opinion, in my opinion, there's there's a lot of uninspired information that's in there, right? Because it was it was written by um, some peoples that didn't like what was written about them, so mm. they took some of it out. Yeah, right. But some of that information isn't pertinent for the overall. Are you saved or not? Sure. But yeah. you have to be careful with things like that. And that's realize, a good point. Okay, well. There are different translations, and they all have been edited, but the ones that are least edited that are more word-to-word based, if you're really trying to study, it's like NASB, ESV, uh, AJV, NKJV, right? Things like that, and then you can sure. really start really diving in, but just getting an overview, understanding what the concepts are, uh, understanding the players. You don't need that. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be reading the mass the message either. Well, right, yeah, that's that's an awful version. I mean, I, I and honestly, I really don't. Um, you know, I'll, I'll recommend a version based on the person. Um, if, if I'm getting them a Bible, if I feel like they're, you know, they've got a good grasp of the English language, they read well, I might recommend something more like the CSB or the ESV. If someone doesn't have a very good understanding of, you know, the English language, they don't read a lot. They don't, you know, I might recommend something like the NIV. Um, but generally, I, I feel like the ESV reads really well too. It, it is, you know, both, you know, um, very intellectual and easy to read. Um, and there's not a lot of hard, it's not hard. It's not hard to read. It flows smooth. Um, and so like, that's the version I brought for my, for older, my older brothers. I bought them an ESV. Um, cause I wanted, you know, I think about like, for me, it's more, it's more important. Um, like I, I will look at Greek a lot when I'm, when I'm trying to understand a concept or a word, like, about uh, a certain phrase and even, you know, the, tra- the translations are good and they, you know, they give you the picture, but sometimes it helps to dig into what the Greek words, you know, dig in the Greek words, find, you know, what they mean in a, in a Greek lexicon or, um, you know, some kind of, you know, Greek language book that's going to tell you, 
you know, based on the, the context of the scripture, what the word means. And so I like doing that kind of stuff. So I like, a, I like, a, I like to read a modern translation and I like to read a, a translation that's accurate and word for word. Um, just my, my preference, but it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what you read. It just matters that you read. <laughs> I mean, we can sit here and argue all day. What, you know, what's the best version and you know, we should read this version or we should read that version, but in all reality, I mean, you just need to read the Bible and just read the book, you know, um, dig into it. But it does, you do need to understand what it is you're reading. Um, and I think that's, that's the overall point here is you, you want to talk about yeah, know, I think under, understanding what I think you're Caesar reading. Caesar really nailed it the way, yeah, the way that Caesar described it. That's perfect. Cause it's like word for word versus thought for thought versus yep. paraphrasing. Right. I mean, those are, that's basically what we're talking about here. So you really have to, Kind of just you simply Google it, right? It's not too hard. No, most uh, definitely those are the ones that I think of. Obviously, just like you. So, yeah. All right, Caesar, give us another question. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, huh? No, that's we kind of got the layout right we there. We kind of got the layout there. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so um, I have another thing I think would be. Um, I think it would be good. Okay. We kind of covered it a little bit already when we're talking about context, but um, you guys know uh, when I, when I say the word exegesis, do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of, I've had you describe it to me before, uh, <laughs> but I, I still honestly have a, have a hard time grasping it. I think it's just the word, the wording that's being used. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's the, it's the exposing of the text, right? Is, you know, um, out of is, you know, is basically what the, the word means. So you, what you're what you're doing in exegetical work is you're pulling out of what's in there, right? Um, you know, it's the way that I typically when I read a book because I have you know think I just get distracted a lot. I can't just sit there. I'm not a you know uh, sit in your chair and read your book kind of guy. Um, you know, so I like to mark up words and phrases, and that's the emphasis on on that kind of and and how you engage the text. So I mean another recommendation is, you know, if you're, if you've read the book a million times, it's probably time to start picking up a pen and writing in your Bible and figuring out what words are repeated over and over again and what those words mean and what phrases are being used um, and why the, and, and figuring out why those phrases are being used. Cause you can read the Bible a thousand times and you can learn something new every time. But you, my recommendation is, you know, get a Bible you can mark up. You know, get a Bible you can sit and draw in. Is there one that you would recommend, an app or something like that, that you can download on, I don't know, a tablet or something like that, and you can do your little annotations? Right. Like, so what do you use? I've got a, um, I, this is just a New Testament, um, but this is a ESV journaling Bible. And you see how it's spaced out like that? Yeah. Um, and you can draw, like I, I like to, let me see if I can find a portion that has there. about an inch or so or <laughs> something in space. Yeah. It's kind of like lines. And then I do things like this, right? Like oh, I'll just, I'll just kind of draw lines and write boxes and put notes in there. And it's got enough room for me to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they sell it anymore, but I have a, um, a digital scripture journal that I plug into an app called notability. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a, like a PDF yeah. document and you have pens and colors and different types of things and you can do the same type of thing. So that's typically what I do. Um, I read out of the ESV a lot. Um, you know, uh, that's ma- primarily what I study is the ESV. 
Um, but I do things like that, like that all the time. Cause it just helps me keep my attention. Right. Um, I have to be, I have to be moving my hands for whatever reason. It's just how I'm wired. It's kind of um, like we said earlier, you have to engage with it, right? Instead yeah. of just sit, like you were saying, you can't just sit there and just read and then your your mind starts to wander off basically into something else or how long have I been reading for? If you're engaging with it like you are, Nick, where you're writing your little dot, your notes yeah. or questions to something, then that makes it more fun. And then that's part of a way you can overcome one of the challenges, right? Right. Because there's right. challenges to, 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 to reading. Oh, yeah. You have different challenges. You're bored, you're distracted. Um, with just so much technology right now, it's easy to just your mind drift away. So it mm -hmm. is good to put basically um, do not disturb. And especially if you're engaging, like, again, we're going back to having the book and writing questions. Yeah. Then going back to Google. And then after Google, you can go to your preacher or reach out to someone for more, uh, you know, for their basically their 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 way of saying of yeah. explaining things, because not everything like we saying not everything in google not everything in the internet is correct right so it's best to also get the opinions of someone who's actually studied it like yourself you know and sure. then, i don't know everything but i know some things well you know <laughs> well you're practically a preacher now right so that means you know enough well i guess so um you know but i think you make a good point you know uh, you got to try to limit your distractions when you're doing this stuff um and you've got to be consistent i mean that is that is the real key of of you gotta have a purpose yep you gotta define what your purpose is yeah or, why are you reading scripture yeah because if it's like i'm just gonna pick it up to read or no what is the purpose what is the why are you picking this up is it because you're trying to prove somebody wrong is it because uh you're you're not happy with your come with your life right now what sure. are you terrified of death and you want to know what's beyond i mean what is the reason that you're picking this up that has oh, to sure. be defined before anything so you can again engage with it that's one of the common challenges basically that we try to overcome right 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 and yeah. it's easy to get a reading you have to get into habits as well mm -hmm. if you're committed i think you should uh take the time out whether it be 30 minutes 20 minutes, one hour, one hour lunch break. That's what I've been doing recently. On my yeah. one hour lunch break, I've been picking up the book and then that's what I've been reading. Right. Now I'm being committed to that. That's good. There, so, there's also another tool here. Hold on. Before mm -hmm. you, before you jump, look up in that shelf right there behind you where you see the burgundy Bible. Uh, yep. That one behind that one. There's just a couple of little notebooks there. If you can reach them. Um, back, 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 yeah. Back. Yeah. They're right. They're right back there. Can if you can yeah. just grab one of those I and can. you can. Look oh, at it real quick. Um, that's a cool little tool that I've used in the past too. In fact, if I remember right, nope, right behind that burgundy Bible, you see it? The little black books? Oh, yep, grab one of those. Thank you very much. So these are um, uh, also ESV scripture journals. Um, and so like right here I've got I've got the book of Philippians and it's got uh, a big notepad like this. If you can see that right there. Um, oh, on, and the, it's got, on the it's right got side, one side, that where you side can yeah, write, where and one side where you can read, right. right. And one side you can do, but the, the gaps aren't as big as this one, but they are, they are there um, where you can take notes. Is that still a Bible too? Yeah. Yeah. This is just a single book of the Bible and they cost like six, they cost like six bucks. Okay. I see. Yeah. They're like six or $7 on Amazon. So if you're, if you're looking for a, a tool where you just, maybe you want to just focus on one book, maybe one month, your, your, your book focus is, um, you know, I want to read through and study and understand and digest the book of Philippians, right? Just to understand that specific book. No, no commentaries. 
you know, no, um, you know, uh, extracurricular reading. I just want to read. Yeah, you want the these ones are these ones are Tim. This I just want to see what they look like. The diff to differentiate. No, the, they're the covers. They're, I mean. they're about the same. Um, I think I um, the letter of Paul to the Philippians, the letters yeah. of Paul to Timothy, and, the letter of Paul to Titus. And one of, one of the things I've done in in classes that I that I all teach at the church is buy a bunch of these for people who are in the class. So that the, as they're working through the book, they can take notes, right? So I encourage them, just take your little book, you know, your little book of Galatians or your little book of Philippians. How much are these? They're like six or seven dollars on Each. Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can buy a whole you can buy a whole set. Uh you can buy the whole set on there. They've got like from Genesis to Revelation now. I think they've got they've got all of these out where you can just take these single books and and use them. Um and I've done this in, in classes because I I felt like it's very effective you know this, i think this if i remember right this is my wife's yeah this is my wife's handwriting she when she was sitting in class that's she really would, cool you know she this would is her, cool this is actually she, very very good tool to overcome the challenges right right it's just something to keep, help keep you from from being you know being distracted one single focus you know um, what book do I start in this month? You know, go on Amazon and see what's, you know, see what's on sale. You see what's make $5, it like a book club. You, know? you can almost make that as a book club also. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, this is, sure. that could be a monthly thing. Like we I said, mean, that's if, what, that's what the uh, church is, is a giant giant book club i mean right yeah <laughs> it's a one it's a single book club you know it's the library club i guess you want to <laughs> you want to call it but that, that, i mean you know this is <laughs> okay don't repeat that i couldn't That's, help it i'm sorry <laughs> the church is a book club <laughs> folks God, there it is there's the real it. church <laughs> <laughs> It's the book club, dude. Uh, You're Jesus, not part of the book club. You're Jesus the is church, the head yeah. of the book club too, I guess. You know, um, no, uh, <laughs> uh, no. We I, read on Sundays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We read on Sundays to hear, you know, uh, man. But anyways, um, mm -hmm. really good yeah. tool. Yeah, really good tool. Um, I've also got. Uh, I don't have them here. Have you guys ever heard of Micron pens? Is it the digital? The digital pens? Uh -uh. No, no, oh, okay. no, no. They're they're regular paper pens. So, like, if oh. you were to buy something like this, um, just look look up real quick on on if you are you on it. Do you have your Amazon app? Either of you guys I have, have your Amazon? I got app? it. I got it. Okay, um, pop up your Amazon and just look up Micron pens. And the reason that I like Micron pens is because they don't bleed through the pages. Like when you were if you were to take a regular pen and just write on you know whatever piece of paper you know, write through your Bible. Typically, it's going to bleed through the pages, especially if you're circling something multiple times. And you can't read underneath. Yeah, and, and you can't read. And these pages are so thin that it's like you know you can see right through them. I mean, you see how the lights coming oh, through yeah, right the, there. The Bible pages are very thin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. so surprised how thin they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these micron pens, there's a pack of eight, and I guess they have different uh, points yeah. and how thick you and, and you uh, want the, you want yeah you want the either the you well, I'll just say this: you want the zero zero five. That's the one you want. Oh, really? Okay, yes. this one goes from zero zero five, or one or two or three or five. Oh, one is okay too. Oh, ones yeah. and zero zero fives are are my favorites. Um, you know, they're not as big; they're very thin. Um, but again, it helps you just like work through. You know, when I was um <clears throat> when I was preaching in Valley Springs, I didn't have any tools like this, and so what I would do is I would go into a Word document, I would paste my uh, my pericope of scripture. 
in a Word document and then I'd print it out on my pr- my printer and then I'd take my Micron pens or whatever I had and I would just go through and I would do my exegetical work for that specific pericope on um, on a sheet of paper. Well, it and, sounds like it's more it's uh, easier nowadays then to oh, actually yeah. get engaged and 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 more um interact more man there's a lot of there's a lot of good scholars out there who have who have who have really made it easy to study scripture and um you know i i talk about studying because my my attention span isn't long enough to just sit there and read a book like i can't you know i probably get through you know i set myself goals right like i want to get through a chapter um a chapter of the bible is a lot shorter than a chapter of a book on you know sharing jesus or whatever or uh you know whatever other book you're reading and you can read through the book of James in like 15 minutes. If you, if you just read through it, it'll wow. probably take you, if you mark out some words and you work through some stuff and you're just focused on that book, it'll probably mm-hmm. take you 40 minutes maybe. Um, but that those, you learn the practices and prim- principles of a man who lived in and worked in Jerusalem with the first century Christians and a uh, really practical, practical book, really easy to study, really easy to work through a lot of things that we can take from that, Yeah, you know, and actually live in our, in our life. Yeah. I think those micro pens are actually a good idea from what I've yeah. seen right now. Yeah. And like you, you know, you have an iPad with a pencil on it. Yeah. I could send you this digital script. Well, yeah, that's what I was asking. Cause I mean, since yeah. I have the pencil and I have the iPad, I would like something digital yeah. because I've seen that before that you have it with your annotations and then mm-hmm. the same thing. I would love that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, don't I don't recommend going into credit card debt for an app, an iPad. Um, but if you can get your hands on with a pencil, uh, hands on one with a pencil, you save up some money, and that's a tool you think you're going to use. I'd highly recommend it. Right. Um, and even if you can't get yourself some Micron pens, it's going to cost you what ten bucks for a set of Micron pens and six bucks for just a book. You know, a little scripture journal. That's um, easily less than twenty dollars, right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you know, if, if that's yeah. where your budget is, then stick to your budget, you know, yeah. get to get what you can't get, what you can get, yeah. you know, and uh, you, even if you don't, yeah, you know, even if you don't have an iPad there, there, even the Android ones have the Bible apps on it and you can get pins for those and cycle those up sure. around. Yeah. Cause I've, I even have uh, a, a device that I use for taking notes. Yeah. It's yeah, called yeah. a remarkable, right. And yeah. it has a pencil. Oh, there you go. I can. I can go through the Bible and I can clearly write in multiple colors with my pen in anywhere I want to. And I can export that PDF or I can delete it or I can do whatever I want. And I can go back and relook at those notes. I can look at specific notes. I mean, it's all the same thing that you guys can do on your iPads. And stuff yeah. like that. So it's, it's, it's really neat that there's all these different tools. It's just a matter of finding one that that's going to work for you and, and right. getting started and actually journeying through it. And, and, and then, and- finding somebody to have a conversation with about it because right. I think that's probably the most important part is, okay, I read it. Now I want to go tell somebody or talk to somebody about yes. it. So yeah. Yeah. I can understand it deeper. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, I'm really looking forward to those conversations with, with others as they, as they read along, like, Oh my goodness, did you know that? Oh yeah. But did you <laughs> yeah. also look at this? Like I've had, I've had conversations with my aunt where she's like, so how many times do you think you've read it so far? Like completely cover to cover. And it was like, I started doing some math and was like, good grief. That's a lot of times. Right. And <laughs> yeah. then she's like, well, she's like, well, um, what do you think about number seven? Why is, why is number seven so important? And I was like, I haven't really thought about it. Let me get back to you. And so I haven't gotten back to her, but I've definitely spent a lot of time as I'm going through it. Like, Oh yeah. 
circle that and then circle that and mm -hmm. then circle this and then circle the other thing right just to come up with oh that i didn't even think to look at that yeah like, i didn't even think so, of how many times i read that uh, word in that passage you know that's crazy <laughs> like that's insane yeah mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. and it, there's there are some good resources out there too you got to know there's good tools and there's good resources um one of the tools i recommend is the bible project they you know of course i don't agree with everything they say so don't get me wrong, but they do a very good job of showing you the whole picture. Um, and especially in, within a, within the context of a book, um, you know, Tim Mackey does a great job of breaking the text down, showing us what it looks like and how, how to work through those. If you want to learn more, you know, a big picture stuff before you go, I mean, it makes you, it makes you really want to go and read the Bible, you know, and read it. Like you see what he's saying and you're like, Oh, okay. Like I want to yeah. go read this for myself and see what's there you know, and I want to dig into it and I yeah. want to learn it. Right. And then you find all the little cool, fine details that he doesn't talk about in the book and, and it'll change your life, you know, and change the way you change the way you change your life. I mean, that's the whole point, right? So yeah, is, is that all we got <laughs> for tonight? Are we out of gas? All right. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, it, we covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> we I, think, did. I think we went, we went through, pretty much all of it. We even circled back a little bit a couple of times. Yeah. So, I mean, we went through, we went through like, uh, you know, where should someone start? I mean, I think, I think if you're very first, never reading anything before, I think, yeah, we'll probably have to figure out your personality and kind of get a new Testament book and read one of those. Yep. And then my opinion is to kind of go back through and skip around, jump around a little bit. Right. We went through the, the structure, right? Some of the structures. Nick kind of talked about that. Um, and we talked about reading, reading plans, right? I mean, it's all stuff that, that it's all things that I think normal people have thoughts about. And, and I know that the tools are, I think, what's important nowadays. A lot of, at least especially for me, I like to go digital. I'm using digital tools. Caesar's talking about it. So it's always, it's always something that, that we can, we can cover. So I think right. it's, I think we've pretty much run the gamut on it. So yeah. I'm pretty excited. Hopefully, hey. hopefully someone got to learn something a little bit. Maybe they get started reading, you know? Oh yeah. I hope it was helpful to anybody listening. Um, gives you a better perspective on what we're, what we're trying to do every day. Thanks again for listening. Yeah. And then as always, we will see you in the back pew. <laughs> <laughs>